0: Hi, my name's Loz and I'm from Find My Wild. This podcast is a diarization and documentation of how I rebuilt my life post a domestic violence abusive relationship. It's raw, it's real, it's authentic, and I get down and dirty with you. In this episode, we look at the first love that I experienced post my relationship. I learned a few things from this and I'm really happy to share them with you. But before we get started, say it with me. I am brave, I am strong, and I'm so very loved in this space. All right, let's go. Well, well, well. The journey of the first love. So there's a few things that I want to say before we get started. These are the things that I've learned from this whole ordeal. One, I have a sign I used to have a signature healing method and it was fucking bullshit. The stuff I used to put myself through. So whenever stuff got too hard for me to handle, I would party like a motherfucker. All the time without any thought process as to what was going to happen after the party, right? Because what goes up must come down. And I lived in some fantasy land that I could just party my ass off and I would be okay. So this started at a young age. Like I just reconnected with some people that I went to school with and we were talking about it. And at 18, when I had a big upheaval in my life, which will be shared in a book, woohoo, with everything, um, because I feel like it sets the tone for, you know, I feel like. Your whole life kind of sets the tone in motion. So it's good to go back in order to look at what happened to move forward. Anywho, I had a significant incident happen then, and my signature move is to party. Number one. Number two, healing signature move that was shit is to look for validation. Men, women, men and women, whatever. I would look for validation. Sex became a good point of validation for me. And so partying and sex, great combination, right? When you're broken, well, it was for me. So I look for those things because when I'm feeling so low and shitty about myself, I look externally. Well, past tense, I did look externally. I've done some healing work, as some of you might know, especially those that are following my Instagram, and I now know those shitty habits that I had. But this was what I had back then. Also, third thing I've learned is that if you don't heal and if you don't deal with the things that are hidden underneath, you will look for people that are similar or the same because the level of toxicity that those people bring to the party, especially with you, is a normal feeling. So for an example, you know, like coming from a domestic violence abusive relationship and a, you know, highly abusive family, you that's normal right so being yelled at being screamed at being controlled all those behaviors are normal so then when you have someone in your life that doesn't attribute those and doesn't deliver those to you you don't know how to handle it like you're like oh is this normal why are they treating me like this what do they want out of me and stuff like that so when you go looking for a relationship you tend to look for things that Even though you know they're red flags and you know they're potentially going to lead you down a path of destruction, you look for those things because they feel normal. That level of toxicity, the arguing, the silent treatment, all those things are a normal feeling. That's definitely what I experienced. So with all that being said, let's get into it. Okay, so the first love post my domestic violence abusive relationship probably broke me more than the relationship. I know that sounds crazy because it was very short-lived. However, the relationship built and built and built and built and then ended the way that it ended. So there were significant things that peaked and then we slowly declined, dropped and then, you know, the emotional abuse and things like that got worse and worse over time. However, coming into this one after being with someone for 14 years, I was so desperate to be loved properly. And this person was incredible at the time. Uh, we'd known this person for quite a few years through sporting groups with my son. So we I knew of him and he was so kind, he was so good with kids and it was so lovely to see. Then about the same time, we managed to separate with our significant others, him from a 16-year relationship, me from a 14-year relationship. So in the process of that coming together, we really bonded over our pain points, right? Like we'd send each other text messages of what the other one was saying, and we'd look for validation from each other. And you know, he'd say things like, that's just projection. You're not like that. And he said all these amazing things to really pump me up and make me feel good. And now that I know better, I know that it was a trauma bond. So for those who don't know what a trauma bond is, it's when you are connected to someone these are just this is my interpretation too go google it if you want the proper one but it's when you're bonded with someone through a traumatic event and you you actually bond continually through trauma and they say things like trauma bonds can come from you know just something happening on a train for an example and you and someone kind of agreeing on it and connecting over that so I don't know why I said that, of a train. But anyway, because we both had long-term relationships, we both separated from them, we were both quite broken by them for different reasons, we bonded over that. So we bonded over the arguments with our exes. We bonded over trying to coordinate children. We bonded over feeling really shitty. And that served as the start of a pretty rough 10-months for myself. And I always play, know that I play a role in these things. So before I say, like, get into it, I always want everyone to know that at times we play our own role in how things happen. And, you know, whether you come from a place of goodness in your heart or a place of shitness in your heart, you can still make shitty choices that propel you into the road of where you end up, if that makes sense. So him and I had known each other for three years. He was great with the kids and we started chatting and bonded over the course of like a, a month or two um, just as friends. And then when um, we, I separated with my ex-partner, he'd already separated with his, so we got talking a bit more and then one thing led to another and we kind of started hanging out AKA everyone knows what that means and we did that a little bit and then it just escalated from there. So there was a period of like four months where we were really seeing each other quite regularly. You know, I was living with my parents at the time so we could put the kids to bed and then I could go over there and then I could come back in the morning before they woke up. So it was kind of ideal. And I was so naive. I, like I said in my other podcast, my behaviour almost turned – teenage-like so it was like a little crush for me and I was so naive because I believed that you know he was really into me and it was just me and yeah anyway so we started like that and we'd hang out a few times a week and then it escalated to more and then we were kind of really seeing each other and then uh (laughs) my daughter is so funny Because I had a set of emojis for this person in my phone to say who it was. And it had a football emoji next to it and a shark, because that was relative to the football team. Anyway, I changed that person's name to Old Mate to blanket out no names attached to this phone for when it popped up in my phone. Anyway, after a month or two, I thought I should tell the kids that I was kind of half seeing someone. So I did. And I just referred to them as old mate. And my middle daughter, who's so cluey, she would have been nine, I suppose, at the time. She goes to me one day, I know who he is. <laughs> I was like, what? And she said his name. And I'm like, how do you know that? And she said, because of the emojis, you changed the name, but you didn't change the emojis. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Anyway, so she figured that out. And then she told my son and whatever and then our kids were all really closely interlinked so his kids my kids were closely interlinked and then my son accidentally dropped it to his son and then it became a thing and then once it became a thing my ex has been out of the out of the scene from pretty much get-go from those months I was saying how rough he was and when the kids pulled up stumps and said we don't want to see him anymore so we didn't like need to inform him he had no idea but his wife on the other hand did and that escalated shit between them because I later had found out from messages from her that they were still sleeping together whilst we were. So he was apparently going over there, putting them to bed, sleeping with her and then coming over and then I was coming over and spending the night. Um, Yeah, gross, right? Anyway, <clears throat> so once all the kids knew, we tried to blend it for a little bit. So that was um I had three he had two so it was five kids I got my own little place at um around the corner from my mum's and it became like a thing where we tried to blend it for a bit neither of us were clearly ready for that don't bear in mind that we were both party people so we were partying and drinking and when we didn't have the kids like he had a pretty good arrangement with his ex-partner so he had a bit more time off than me when my mum had the kids on Saturday we were just going out and drinking and whatever and then when you're coming from a place of that hostile negativity that's never good so it was just toxic all the time and then a, a couple of months later one day we were drinking around home which led to a massive fight between him and I which I hate hated and he left abruptly so that was the end of the trying to be in a relationship for us and blending the kids, which was really fucking hard. Like, you know, when I look back, both our kids, the poor things, like they'd just lost their family homes, they just lost their family unit and here we were trying to blend them together. It's just crazy now I think back to it. Anyway, when he left that day that was the start of a whole new cycle. Like it was already toxic and we were already fighting a lot and there was lots of partying. But then after that minute, it should have ended there, but it didn't. So I had a sneaking feeling something was going on because there was about two weeks before that big argument that things felt weird. So I like to think of myself as having pretty good intuition. And so we were laying in bed and it was really weird and Oh, I just could feel in his energy that he was off, you know, like the way he would lay, the way we would talk, the things we'd talk about. It was just an off energy. Anyway, so he left that night and I had no contact. Um, he wouldn't answer any of my calls and I didn't know where he was and, you know, whatever. It was really dramatic, really fucking really dramatic. I think to, by memory he was later found around his old house and he tied a noose up to the fucking brand a bit out the back, whether he was going to use it or not. So eventually a family member went over and helped him. Anyway, there was no communication. Then he came back like a week later and he was like, all right, I'm going to live at my house. You live here. We'll try and sort it out. And he stayed one night and it was really weird when he came that night. Like he walked, he wanted to walk over instead of drive. And when he came over that night, it was just weird. And didn't want to hug, didn't want to do anything, just wanted to lay there. And then when he got up the next morning to leave, I just knew something was off. So I was in tears by this stage and he left and I was kind of like, okay, that's it. Anyway, that night I just couldn't sleep to save myself. Um, So I laid in bed and I tossed and turned and tossed and turned. And it got to real early in the morning And I just had this urge to get up and go to the gym at some fucking ungodly hour, like 4.35 o'clock. And then as I was driving to the gym, I took a weird turn and then I had this weird feeling to keep driving and I'd known that there was a younger girl that was also involved in a sporting thing that we were involved in that lived down that street. And they had been, there'd been a rumour that before him and his partner, his wife had even split up, that they were seeing each other. And he assured me they were just friends and whatever. And I didn't think much of it because I don't really care. Like I was just like, yeah, guys can have chick friends, whatever. Why has he got to lie to me? Anyway, and his car was there at like 4.30 in the morning. And it broke me. I was like, yep, that's it. It wasn't ever about me. He was seeing her. I tried to call him and he didn't answer. I messaged him and he was like, you're fucking being an idiot. I just had too much red wine and fell asleep on the couch. (laughs) Come on, guys. Like. Did we die in the last shower? As if. Anyway, so he effectively was staying there and then this is so fucked up, but, like, I was so broken that for the next four months or so, even though I knew he was seeing her, I continually went back to him. And the the longer that I went back to him, he increasingly became more and more crazy like I had a party at my house one day with all my friends he just randomly showed up and was loitering around he would follow me in his car he would one day I got a text message off him and I was at home and he was like oh what did you buy from this shop and I was like what shop anyway when I looked around my window curtains were pulled up a little bit and there was a General Pants Co. Or whatever bag on my bed. And he was like, what did you buy from General Pants Co.? And I was like, are you here? And then I went to look out the window to see if he was there and or the door. And he didn't come. But then I went back out. And I'm like, if you're here, you need to let me know because it's fucking scaring me. And there he was. And he popped around the corner and he was there and the text messages that he would send were parallel to my ex-husband's. Like I've got actually got a list of things that he said to me over the course of us seeing each other and I'm going to pop them in the membership and stuff like that because I just think it's really good for us to actually see the behaviours and how similar they were. Um, So what happened was one day I sat down with my phone And I wrote out all the things that he'd said to me, and then I went and looked back through text messages of my ex-husband. Bear in mind, these got people don't know each other; they've never spoken. Like they knew of each other, but they've never spoken. And they were like parallel, like you know, it's it's all about you, Lauren. People are catching up. People are catching on to you. You're a fucking psycho. You're too sensitive what are you stalking me when i'm calling him out on like where were you why were you at this house he'd be like what are you stalking me and yeah it was just volatile like um it was just absolutely volatile and it was absolutely gross like it was a disgusting stage of my life and i'm so sad for myself because i was like you just i just didn't treat myself well like i allowed him to come in And just like I allowed him to have all the power and I was just so desperate for his love because he was so beautiful and caring at the start. And then the turn, the flip of events, the flip of events was so um, full on that I couldn't even fix it that I couldn't even change my mindset and get myself out of it. And I kept going back there and it was just a really shitty stage of my life, especially when I later found out that there was more than just me. And this other girl, there was actually I think another two on the go at the time, so he was seeing all of us between each other. And this broke me way more than like the trust issues that I even have now even though I'm trying to work through them a full-on like he would ignore my messages and then he'd reply you know having a go at me he never admitted what he was doing he would hide yeah it just became such a really hard nasty stage of my life And what I've taken from this is that, like I said before, if you don't do the healing work, then you can't find better, like you can't actually move better and make a better choice because you're living in that energy of this is what it should be like as opposed to what it what you deserve, like what you fucking deserve. Like, you know, when you've lived a long time or even a short time in a DB relationship, you've been treated like absolute shit, right? You've been spoken to like shit. You've been controlled, manipulated and everything in between. So if you haven't had the time to heal and recognise where your broken parts lie, like for an example, I was just so desperate to be loved after so many years of feeling unloved the kind words and kind gestures and everything just made me stay and made me put up with behavior that was so bad. Like when I first met him, he was on the floor, you know, he didn't have a bed or a TV or anything and I felt bad for him. So I got my tax back and saved some money and then I was like, here, I'll buy it all for you and you can pay me back when your house settles. Never paid me back. I went to a 40th party with him in a fr- um, for one of his friends and there was a guy that was saying some stuff to me, calling me tits or something like that. And then he came out and tried to hit him. The person I was seeing tried to hit this guy and I got in the middle and said, you know, don't wreck your friend's party and I copped a punch to the face. It was an accident, obviously. It wasn't aimed at me, but it did mark up my face. And then there was just the drinking and the arguing and then... Later on I met a really cool guy that I'm still really good friends with and we used to go hang at the beach a lot and he would drive down the beach and like drive past us and yell stuff at us and try and park next to us and just really wanted to make his presence known and it just was a complete repeat on what I'd already lived just in a different circumstance. It was crazy. Like when I look back now, it was fucking absolutely mental And something that I found within myself is that before I had healed, I actually I lower my vibration and my level and my lifestyle to match that of those people. So instead of like, for an example, I'm a happy, positive person most of the time. But when you hang out with someone like that, I'm I don't want to say easily influenced because I'm quite a strong personality, but I quite easily snip into like that negative mindset or that poor me mindset and then the party mindset. And yeah, because I wasn't healed, I really felt myself go in there. So healing is fucking key to this too. And I know there's beautiful stories of people that meet their right person and that's amazing and they can heal together. And I really think that that's key, but If you're carrying across big wounds and then you find yourself in a situation or a relationship or whatever the fuck you're in with someone that's got big wounds too but also someone that recognises your big wounds and uses them against you, then you need to do some healing work because that cycle will continue until you actually stop and heal. So... I would love to know your thoughts on this. I would love to know if you've been in this kind of relationship, like did you meet the love of your life after? Did you have, you know, did you do a similar thing to me and repeat the cycle? Are you too scared to love? Anything like that. I would love to know because I can tell you now that particular relationship really did some psychological and emotional damage to me that I'm still working through. You know, things like if I text someone and they don't reply, I get all anxious and think it's me or if, you know, people like, if I'm talking to someone like in messages or whatever that I don't really know and they say things that isn't an alignment, like, you know, come across a bit full on, I get really worked up, like, like oh my god they're gonna stalk me again they're gonna come around like my friend that i was talking about before that i'm still really close with had to come put security cameras up because it was scary like he would keep showing up so he would drive down my street and he would send me text messages and be like whose car's that and what are you doing there and oh look jack's playing out the front like it was just fucked absolutely fucked. So yeah, let me know below. What are your thoughts on this? have you gone with relationships? Are you looking at relationships? And also what topics you would like to hear on the podcast? Because I'm going to get some guest speakers in. So if this is a topic that we want to talk about more and delve into relationships post a domestic violence, abusive relationship, I'm all for it. Let's fucking evolve. Let's feel, let's heal, and let's be the happiest versions of ourselves, right? Okay. Thank you for joining me for episode three of Find My Wild. It's so lovely to have you all here. So the episodes as they go at the moment are building context before I get into the steps and the stages because I really want to take you all on a journey and hope that if anyone resonates or can pluck anything out of it to know that you can get through these days, then that's fucking amazing. Like that's my main goal. So if you want to know more about my journey, head over to um, Instagram at find.my.wild and follow me along there. The Find My Wild community is in the process of coming and I'm so fucking excited for this, to bring like-minded humans, male, female, and everything together so that we can all love, support, and just pump each other up through some of the shittiest times of our lives. So before I leave you today, say it with me. I am brave. I'm strong. I'm so very loved here. I love you. Find my wild. Mwah.